really big things happened this week. Three, that could change the course of the U.S. forever and make it unrecognizable. And a fourth thing that, well, quite frankly, we've never seen before. So let's dive in. This week, the Biden administration scrapped any pretense of having an immigration system that stops folks from crossing our border. Simply put, we now have open borders. Not kind of have open borders. We actually have open borders. This is simply stunning. Biden is transforming ICE detention facilities into rapid processing centers. In other words, there won't be any more detention of illegals. They'll only be processing and release. And they're not even hiding it. First reported this week in the San Antonio Express News in Texas that what used to be holding facilities, we'd catch them, we'd put them in the facility, we'd deport them. They just had to be processed first. What used to be holding facilities on our border will be, quote, rebranded, unquote, as, quote, reception centers. You know, like when you go to a vacation place like Myrtle Beach here in South Carolina and they have the welcome center? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. The plan by Biden officials is to convert long-term detention centers in South Texas into, I kid you not, this is directly from the Washington Post, into, quote, Ellis Island-style rapid processing hubs, unquote, with the stated goal of releasing illegal immigrants into the U.S. interior within 72 hours. Folks, this is completely and utterly illegal. It is a violation of U.S. law. It's also a violation of the judge's order overturning Biden's executive order that deportations were to cease, as was enforcement. The judge said he couldn't do it. It was illegal. Biden clearly doesn't care, assuming he even knows this is going on. Folks, Ellis Island, what does Ellis Island do? It welcomes legal immigrants for processing and then into the country they come. We're not going to have detention centers. We're not going to have deportation. That's what they're saying. That's an open border. It's unbelievable. Russell Holt, a senior ICE official, told staff members in an email reported by the Washington Post that these illegal immigrants this year, both unaccompanied minors and families, quote, are expected to be the highest numbers observed in over 20 years, unquote. Are you kidding me? Folks, this isn't going to be millions. This is going to be tens of millions on our borders. This is incredible. Holt acknowledges that even with this, uh, you know, aggressive processing centers, they can't keep up with the numbers. So they're going to have taxpayers pay to put them in hotels, but only if they want to stay. I mean, they can just keep going into the country, too. It's just it's up to them. Folks, why? Why do they want to process these people? Why not just let them walk into the country? Throw your hands up, right? So they can find them later for voter registration. I the other part of this this week was our second biggest thing. H.R. 1 passing the House. Folks, this is a truly astonishing bill. It simply takes voter fraud and legalizes it. It all but bars the use of any kind of voter ID, both during registration and to vote. Well, one of the big problems in Georgia, one of the reasons there were so many illegal votes there was because of ghost registrations. In other words, they're not real people. Well, the bill mandates that anybody who saw, who shows up to register must be registered. 
no questions asked. And it also says they can't be removed from the voter rolls. And it also says, again, no voter ID. So what does this mean? Katie, bar the doors. We'll be a country of what? 400 million people? Heck, 500 million by the time Biden's done? With 700 million people registered to vote. That's where this is going. And nobody able to do a thing about it. It also mandates that ballots be mailed to whoever signs up. Don't know who they are. Might not even be real people. Um, to the address that they give. Then it sends and allows Democrat vote harvesters to go pick up those ballots. Who, who filled out the ballots? Was it actually the person that says they're at the address? Who knows? No way to check. Again, no voter ID allowed. Folks, we're not, the fraud will be so massive that it'll be hard to figure out what's a real vote and what's not, which is the plan. This is by design. Now, let's go back to our open borders and our processing facilities. This is why they want to know who the illegals are and where they're going so they can find them to register them to vote. This is and they'll be able to. There won't be any reason they can't. Folks, this is absolute chaos. And once again, just two Americans stand in the breach. Did a did a um, battleground on this earlier this week. A miracle on the razor's edge. It's about how Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, two Democrat senators who are refusing to get rid of the filibuster, are keeping this radical agenda from going through. They are the they are the thread on which this country hangs, because right now it takes 60 votes to get through the Senate. The Democrats only have 51. Pray they don't buckle because Republicans will never win another election for the House, the Senate Or control of the presidency. They will never control one of those bodies again. Which is the goal of all of this. Coming up in just a second. The second most. Welcome back. Second most important thing that happened this week. The erasure of Dr. Seuss. Now liberals are out in force. Lying about this. Saying that Dr. Seuss wasn't banned. Here's what actually happened. The foundation that owns and publishes his books pulled back five of them, saying that there were offensive images in the books. And to be fair, images, a few of them, and I went through two of the books that I have in my home. uh, There were a couple of images in there that if you had drawn them today, uh, might get you banned from Facebook, might be offensive um, by today's standards. So they pulled back the books and said they weren't going to publish them anymore. Well, that was followed by the censorship the left says isn't happening. Incredibly. And by the way, you have to go to the UK to find out what happens in this country because our mainstream media won't tell you. The UK reporting this, that on the heels of that, eBay bans people from reselling the what, oh, six offensive Books. If I ran the zoo, it had been priced at about 510 bucks, and they yanked it. Why did they yank it? Listen to this. According to the UK Daily Mail, these books glorify violence somehow. That is a crock if you read them. But what's incredible is eBay still allowed copies of Hitler's Mein Kampf and Louis Farrakhan, terrible anti-Semitic individual there who has said horrific things about gay people about Jews who he wants to eliminate from the face of the earth his books 
are still being sold on eBay. This gives you a picture of what the world the left wants us to live in will look like. But what's the real goal here, folks? Have you seen any of the pictures inside the Dr. Seuss books? I saw some of them this week, going through the ones that I own. Some of them, you roll your eyes at. It's a fish who's in Alaska, where the Eskimos are, so they draw the fish to look like an Eskimo. Eh, come on. That's a stretch. There's others that are a little more offensive. They look like what we would call blackface today. Okay, I get some sensitivity toward those books, right? And, but full-on canceling Dr. Seuss, ripping the books away from the American public when there's a tremendous demand for these books? What's the purpose of this? Let's step back and look at this standard. What they're establishing right now is a new universal social rule. And that rule says this, all things in the past and people will be judged by the standards of today. Folks, there's very little of our history that will not be erased if they do that. But what is, what are the biggest parts of our history that will be erased? Number one, the Bible. Bible's got to go. I mean, if you look at the pictures by the Dr. Seuss standard, if that is now so offensive that eBay has to pull them, the Bible will go soon. I, I don't know. What do you give it? Six months? A year? It's either going to have to have parts rewritten, particularly the parts um, about gender and homosexuality rewritten, or the book will be censored. They have to by the Sioux standard. That's the real goal here. Of course, our Constitution will have to go too. It was written by men, many of whom owned slaves. The Bible and the Constitution are the two main targets of this. First, they have to establish the rule. They have to establish the norm and the censorship that follows. There is no way the Bible can survive this. Now, where do you go with this? Well, what what, what church you go to, sir? Oh, they're still using the traditional Bible, bunch of bigots. Where do you work? I'm going to need to call your boss. You own a business? Uh, yeah. We're going to have to go ahead and deplatform that business right off of Yelp. Remember, Yelp has already begun doing this. We're going to have to take you off Google. Yeah, you go to that church that treats the traditional Bible. This is what's coming, folks. This is where they're going with this. If you think this is about Dr. Seuss, it's not. It's about establishing the standard. How do you fight it? Easy. State legislators. What happens when you ban a book that isn't profane? You pass a law. Legislature passes a law, million dollars for every incidence of censorship, and then start paving the roads with the money that rolls in. We can stop this at the state level. It's not hard. You do the same, by the way, as Russia is doing with individual censorship. Any instance of censorship of a Russian individual or a Russian media outlet, massive fines for social media. Pave your roads with it. It won't. There won't be much incoming because they can't afford it. This is stoppable at the state legislative level. But we have to act now before we're censored and banned off the Internet. But the good news is that the rebellion began this week across 17 legislatures. How did it happen? What does it involve? I'll tell you. Stick with me. Coming up next. Welcome back. Back in 2017, the U.S. women's national soccer team, you know the, the one, best women's soccer team in the country, 
the country's women's soccer team needed to practice for a match with Russia. And women's soccer teams all over the world do this, but it's only recently begun to get attention. Well, if you are the best female soccer team in your country, there's not a lot of teams you can play for practice, are there? I mean, in your own country, because all the other women aren't as good as you. So what do you do? You play boys. And that's why all over the world, they match up women's soccer teams. But they don't play the women's soccer teams against the men's national soccer team. Why? Because the men physically are so superior, it's a useless waste. So to find people roughly as good at soccer as the women's national team, what do they do? They call in random high school teams. Two 15 boys teams. So you know what this means? Their mamas had to drive them to the game because they're not old enough to drive. This is a club team. So my kids play club. Um, club team, you make a club team, you're you're pretty good. You're probably good enough to make your high school team. How many club teams are they like this in Dallas? Probably about a dozen. Just in the Dallas area. How many are there in the country? Hundreds. These are boys 15, 14, 13. They whooped the U.S. women's national team. Why? Because biology is undeniable. Men's bodies, even not even fully grown, are far superior to women's athletically. It would happen again. Showing it's not a fluke. The U.S. women's national team, soccer team, to warm up for the Olympics would pay, play the U.S. men's U-17 soccer team. In other words, the best teen male team in the country. Not the U.S. national soccer team. The best club teen males team in the country. How'd that work out? Not so good for the U.S. women's national team. The under-17 men whooped them 8-2. to two. This was five years ago. Three months later, the U.S. women's team will go on to win the gold at the Olympics. The men's U-17 team, some of them got scholarships to college. Some did not. See the difference there physically? And it's not just on this continent. The same thing happened in Australia a few years back. The Australian women's soccer team was doing what it often does, practice against high school-age boys because they cannot find Enough high-quality female competition to sharpen them for international competition. At the time, the Australian national women's team was ranked number five in the world. They played against a club under-15 boys team. So this would have been boys 15 and under. Again, mom's got to drive them to the soccer match because they're not old enough to drive. Guess who won? Do I have to tell you? The teenage boys. They whooped them. 7-0. The Australian women's team never scored. What does this spell? If the Democrats' Equality Act, which mandates that boys can play on girls' teams, if they identify as girls, if it passes, women's sports end. The very players who would have stood with a gold medal around their neck at the Olympics, female players, some of them will never make it to the Olympics. Some of them will never even make it to college sports. They won't get the scholarships. They'll be overrun by males who couldn't even make their college team. Males who did pretty good playing in high school. Males, the kind of which, they're just nothing special. There are tens of thousands of them across the country. They will take the spots of the best women in this country. We will never know 
their names. And all because the left insists on denying science with their Equality Act. What does science say? It says no matter who you identify as, men, way more, have far greater muscle mass than women. Men have 40 to 60% greater upper body strength, 25 to 30% more lower body strength, larger lungs, more red blood cells to help them process oxygen. That's why they can outlift us, outrun us, outjump us, outkick us. And that will never change. Oddly, I always figured it would be the Democrats' inevitable gun grab that would start the rebellion from the states. But strangely, it's the Equality Act that's launched it. And almost no one on our side recognized it for what it was this week. In defiance of Joe Biden's executive order directing that boys are to play on girls' teams if they say they're girls, and in anticipation of the Democrats' Equality Act, which would literally bar the legal recognition recognition of gender, male or female, a bizarre state of affairs. 17 states filed and began working toward the passage of transgender bills, bills that would mandate that boys will not play on girls' teams. Here in South Carolina, where I am, it was just voted out of subcommittee to full committee. In, Miss- in Mississippi, it's already passed the legislature. The governor says it's a done deal. He's signing it. Why are these bills such a big deal? On the surface, they look like they're about the transgender issue. But this is about so much more. This could potentially be the first step in the disintegration of the federalist system. Here's why. If the Equality Act, which mandates that boys can play on sports teams of girls, were to pass the Congress, and these bills are being put forward in anticipation of that, which law trumps the other? The state bills or the federal ones? By law? By constitution. The federal bill trumps the state bills. So why bother? Because the states are setting up a competition in which they're saying, You can ban or mandate whatever you like federally. In our state, we're doing what we want. In other words, the end of the disintegration of federalism. Folks, we can only hope things head in this direction. Now, let's think about this. 17 states rebelling. Our states have completely forgotten their role and their power, but they're waking up. This bill is an example of that. Like I said, I thought that this would happen with sanctuary gun states first, that they would tell the feds, you can outlaw whatever kind of gun you want. You could shut down all our gun stores. They're not closing. Come in here and make us. And if we do this on issue after issue after issue, simply override federal law with the message, come down here and make us, and there's 17 states or 25, I wish the feds good luck. What will happen? Federal law will become no more meaningful or valuable than the paper it's written on. That's what has to happen for us to return to the true American system as it was after the revolution. What did that look like? What was it supposed to look like? Folks, the system we have now is a bastardized system. It's a fraud. Our original system looked like this. It was supposed to be a loose organization of states, individually powerful, that came together 
under a very small federal government that did just three things. Provided for the common defense, i.e. the military. Regulated trade only across state state lines, not within. Only across state lines and provided for the routes. So today that would mean paving them. Back then it meant maintaining them so that trade could happen. Those are the only three things the federal government is supposed to do. It was supposed to be a very weak branch of government. And you can tell that by the funding mechanism the founders set up. What was it? Tariffs. We had no income tax. The founders believed an income tax would be slavery. And so they didn't put one in the original Constitution. Our entire federal government was supposed to be funded by tariffs. There's no way tariffs could fund the federal government we have today. That's because it was never meant to do anything it's doing, or most of anything, including education. All the power should reside in the states with the federal government an afterthought. These dictatorial powers telling the states boys should play on sports teams? The founders would have been baffled by such a thing. Not just because it was bizarre, but because the federal government shouldn't be able to tell states to do that. Congress shouldn't be able to tell states to do that. They have no jurisdiction. They don't. So here's the thing. Democrats understand this better even than we do. They're already using it. In the states where they legalize marijuana, that's illegal at the federal level. Democrat states just shrug it off and say, so what? Sanctuary cities and sanctuary states where federal ICE officers are literally physically ejected from and barred from being on state courthouse property to pick up the illegal immigrants they have holds on. Is that legal? (laughs) No. Violates federal law. But it happens every day. And the federal government does nothing about it. They can't really. It would work the same for us. And that's the test this sets up. Technically, the way our federal system works right now, these bills are pointless. Federal law overrules state law. But if they said, nope, it's law in our state, and we're not putting girls on boys' teams. There's 17 states doing this right now. I wish the feds luck. And this will only mushroom. It'll spread to guns, natural resources, and fracking, and every other thing. There's simply not enough federal government officers to enforce it all. This is why I still retain a fair amount of hope for our country that we could wake up 10 years from now freer than we are today, freer than we've ever been in our lifetimes. And with an America that looks more like the one the founders actually left us rather than the bastardized, unconstitutional, federally dictatorial version we live in today. But state legislatures need to find their voice and their power again. They have a lot of it. And this, to me, this week, those transgender bills were the beginning of that. Because you got to know, they were advised by their lawyers. Well, that federal legislation you're countering here, it'll trump this bill. And they went forward with it anyway. This is what has to happen. This is what will render federal law and federalism itself a joke. When what they offer us, what comes out of Washington, is so absurd that we laugh at it, our legislatures must too. And maybe, just maybe, we'll restore the America of our founding. 
Thank you for listening to this week's Battleground America podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family everywhere. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.